Welcome back to the Teaching Matters podcast, promoting, discussing and celebrating teaching at the University of Edinburgh. My name is Jill Mackay, and in this episode, I'll be talking with Melissa Highton, Michael Seary and Peter Buckley about how we teach and particularly how we evaluate an undertaking like rolling out lecture recording across a massive university. I really like this episode because we also talk about the Principal's Teaching Award Scheme, which you can find out more about on the Teaching Matters blog. Peter, one of the things that um, I know you were looking at when you were doing your research into lecture recording was some of the sort of like practical strategies that might be used for a lecturer or, or perhaps some of the things that your students um, would have liked more of. And I think that might be something that that's a very natural place for our conversation to kind of go next, our conversation as a university. We have this, we have a policy, we have thought very carefully about how we're implementing it in a teaching space kind of a way. But how do we adapt our teaching? I'm in the strange situation of, um, on the one hand, not directly using lecture recording software or hardware in any of my teaching at all. Mine's classroom based and it's it's whiteboards and I have a projector and PowerPoint presentations. And But usually it's communicative and it's um, uh, just preparing them academically for their studies. Um, however, part of that, I've got to try and prepare them um, for lecture recording, because it's a, uh, you mentioned earlier that it's an expectation. Students expect these days, they expect lectures to be recorded. And so therefore there are many things that they, they could or should be doing um, to help them get the most from these lectures. Now, some of the, some of the things I found in terms of the applications and implications of my small-scale study were things that the lecturers either should be more aware of in terms of, I don't know, using laser pointers that aren't picked up properly on the on the screen or... Um, trying to, I don't know, trying to increase interactivity in the interaction in their in their lectures by asking the audience questions, which, as mentioned earlier, generally aren't picked up by the microphone. But using that as a prompt to continue the lecture didn't help. Doesn't help someone who's only looking at the recorded lectures. Um, some of the other things I I liked were the fact that during my project, um, I got students to um, watch recorded lectures um, all of, all together in a computer room. They all watched the same lecture. And one thing that I found really nice was that immediately after watching the recorded lecture, they all wanted to immediately, spontaneously discuss the content of the lecture. So going back to some of the research, which gives legitimate reasons why students don't and can't attend lectures, whether they're caregivers or whether they've got important appointments or being ill, um, instead of just saying you can catch up at home by watching a recording, the idea of actually maybe having a um, a session, one hour a week, where um, where people can go and watch the the lecture or one of their missed lectures, but all together, followed by a discussion. Now, it doesn't have to be led by the lecturer or the tutor in any way, but just an opportunity to discuss immediately after watching a recorded lecture. So that's one thing that I thought was quite interesting. Some of them even said that um, they couldn't wait to finish watching the lecture because they wanted to discuss it. Um, and I found that quite quite nice. And if that was a, a sort of a, almost a, a led discussion, um, I think that could be quite useful. Other things that came out... Um, from the research, from from the background literature, but also from my research, was not not just um, this lecture will be recorded, so watch it again at home. But actual uh, lecturers actually giving concrete ways, strategies um, of how the recorded lectures could be used. Um, well, to, to really really aid comprehension. Um, uh, so not just saying 
watch the whole lecture back at the end and there's research saying that students who do that and, and or, or showing the effect of watching entire lectures on on final grades there's all kinds of there's research that links that with selected viewings or obviously there's a spike in lecture viewings before um, when we're writing for exams and stuff like that which is all to be expected but maybe even lecturers themselves being more aware of the strategies and, and the, that students could be employing while watching these lecture recordings quite very specific strategies um, which then leads to different strategies um, for at, for watching a live lecture will be very, very different if you know it's being recorded. Um, lots of the research and the literature talks about um, the fact that students um, were reported as saying, it's great knowing it's recorded because I, in the lecture I can just listen. And you are listening, you're focusing on the listening skills. But if you, if you know that you can make notes of, I don't know, half an hour in, there was a couple of slides you didn't quite understand, so you, you then selectively watch back a part of the lecture recording. So there's some interesting things like that that, that came out from, from my project in particular. Yeah, um, I'm quite glad that you kind of mentioned a lot of the the research going on there because I might not be, you know, as a listener, you may not be totally fully aware of this, but we have, um, there is at present, I believe, Melissa may correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a little pot of money within the Principal's Teaching Award scheme, which is dedicated towards um, helping various schools or particular groups within university look at how we implement lecture recording and I think one of the things that might be really interesting is trying to find these strategies for um, supporting students with lecture recording really kind of moving that whole conversation along a little bit from um, just here is a way to record lectures to actually here's how we can use them a bit more strategically. Um, is the Principal's Teaching Awards scheme still got a pot of money on it Melissa? It does. Um, and actually, that's been a really important part of what's been successful at Edinburgh University, because doing an IT project, we could just have rolled out the kit and put it into all of the rooms. And as long as it was working, that would be considered to be a success for us. We integrate it with the timetabling system and the virtual learning environment, and that's us done. And we can tick as a success that that's the project done. But of course, a project like this, which actually changes some elements of learning and teaching and certainly is, has um, got a lot of people thinking about the, most, the ways in which the technology can bring the most value, the different things that we can do, the pedagogical innovation that it might um, inspire. That has meant that we ha have made sure that we've gone beyond an IT project and made this part of an educational research and educational development um, uh, project. And so we have over the three years, and I suspect for longer, um, we've decided to support the Principal's um, Teaching Fund, which offers pots of money for colleagues to do research, ideally in their own discipline or in their area, so that we can develop that understanding, see that feedback from them, um, develop those case studies of, of use, and actually think critically about the technology and how it's being used and not just assume that the justifications that we made in the business case um, are in fact what has happened. And I think having, having these projects going on has been um, very important to the development of the service because everything that is being learned in those projects, everything that is being highlighted to back to the um, IT support teams, means that we consider how we can build that into the service or how we can best respond to that. So we're getting a much more sophisticated service as a result of these projects. And I hope 
colleagues are also enjoying researching and the scholarship of learning and teaching in their discipline areas. Yeah. So if you're interested in any of these projects, the Institute of Academic Development, their PTAS page has a list of all of the previous projects that were funded. Uh, One of my favourites that I'm really interested in watching as it comes through is, I believe it's engineering, um, are doing a really interesting project looking at uh, recording things that are not necessarily within the typical learning environment. So they're looking at recording in labs and recording sort of non-standard Productions like blackboards and and uh, um, overhead projectors as well, and how do you sort of capture all of these different, um, I suppose, learning environments uh, that aren't just lecture recording or just lecture recording in the sense of one person standing up and talking to a group, which uh, I'm really excited about. But um, as academic uh, user group chair, Michael, I don't know what 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 PTAS projects are you most excited for? Well, I mean, I, th- I think this is a really interesting point because, I mean, it would be very easy for IT to say we have this in whatever number, hundred of rooms and everything, you know. But very suddenly, as Peter's alluded to, issues arise around uh, issues arise around the idea of students suddenly having access to this enormous pool of resources, and the conversation very quickly moves on from the kind of initial teething problem conversation that we're having to suddenly we need to advise and guide students on using these resources. So I, I liked the idea that this PTAS scheme was coming on board to kind of raise the bar of the conversation around lecture capture in terms of its pedagogic use after moving on from the idea of implementation of lecture capture. Um, I mean, the the project I'm most aware of is one that's happening in maths um, and physics, I think, where they're looking at um, the kind of dialogue that happens in lectures. They're using lecture capture as a way to see how does lecture capture support flip lectures, what kind of dialogue happens in lectures and so on. So it comes back to this thing again and again that I don't think necessarily the technology necessitates a change in how we teach, and in fact it shouldn't. But it's just maybe bringing to mind, I mean, I was really struck when you were talking, Peter, about um, people putting an introduction slide in their PowerPoint. I mean, lecture capture perhaps is just shining a light on things that, you know, we really should be doing anyway, whether it's recorded or not. Um, So I think the PTAS projects are just giving us some handle on bringing in a bit of scholarship, teaching and learning, but also just raising the general level of conversation around what, what, why are we lecture capturing? Beyond the original ideas of, of what value it has, and I think we're all bought into the idea of English as second language people, um, students with um, additional needs and so on. Um, but beyond that, what, what pedagogic value can it have? And I think these projects are really beginning to inform that discussion quite usefully across the university. Yeah. One of the questions we've kind of been returning to quite a lot in the evaluation is, you know, what is the value or or maybe what is the added value that lecture recording can bring um, to our lecturing? For me, and this is such a, a simple thing and a really vain thing in some ways, but um, I gave a really great lecture a couple of weeks ago and it was fabulous and I was so happy with it and it was a really lovely introductory lecture. So I've just pulled those files off of um, off of Media Hopper and I've saved them and I'm going to put them up uh, on Media Hopper on my own channel so that I have this really nice little showcase that I'm going to be able to sort of use in future for, for other reasons. And for me, purely from the point of view of, you know, that lecture, as that lecturer that walked into that room and just happened to have a really good day, I've gotten an extra resource out of that. And it's been that sort of slightly reusable thing. Um, and I know that probably seems really vain and self-centred, but for me, that was like a real added 
bonus to my day that not only did I give a good lecture, but I also got an, a resource out of it as well. So just kind of on that line, I'm going to ask you guys, you know, what do you what do you see as the value of lecture recording or otherwise um, here at Edinburgh? And I'm going to start with Peter. I just wanted to follow on a little bit from what you just said about being able to record what was a, a great lecture, but also something that was said earlier about um, pedagogically different things we can do with the recorded lectures. I mean, on the one hand, yes, you're recording a lecture so you can tell your students to watch selective parts of it and blah, blah, blah. Um, but you mentioned earlier about flipped lectures as well. And it's something that in the literature, in the research, they, um, some some lecturers, some universities are really going well gung-ho on, on the idea of flipping the classroom, flipping the lecture, mm -hmm. whereby you've recorded your great lecture, as you just mentioned, and then you use that as the content for the students to watch at home and then the actual face-to-face -face lecture time is used for discussing it, evaluating um, content, um, ha having the real, well, my students actually um, in the in the interviews I conducted with them talked about the deep learning. This is when they can actually really discuss the topic. Um, one of my students um, in the quotes was just saying that um, actually the learning takes place after the lecture. This is when you can really discuss the topic. Discussion is key. Um, so this was what really came across. It comes across in the literature as well. Lecturers um, flipping the lecture using the recordings as the input and then using the face-to-face -face time to get really, really into the topic, um, which is something that may or may not be embraced by lecturers, but it's certainly definitely something that could be exploited or explored uh, in a bit more detail, I think. Yeah, isn't that just the dream of having, you know, this a whole lecture room full of students who are there to ask you questions and sort of have already gotten over that part of here's all this bump of information that you need to well, get. that's when they're actually engaging with the topic, the real engagement. That's when the, the learning takes place. Um, they're actually engaging with the content um, instead of it just being that, that standard monologic, um, one way, one person talking to 200 people, it suddenly becomes a dialogue, an interaction. Um, and I think lecture recording, well, can or is or, or certainly could be used um, to a greater advantage by lecturers for, for that. Yeah, I think it's, that's just the perfect university in my head. Please join us for our next episode of the Teaching Matters podcast, where we talk about how we evaluate the lecture recording project.